Hey, Nostalgia fans, how's it going? I hope you've had a good time since we've been on our little break here, enjoying the hot summer that we've had. Uh, We've been hard at work producing more content for upcoming episodes. And before we go back to our regularly scheduled programming, I just wanted to make a quick announcement slash disclaimer. In an effort to produce high-quality content for every episode, I regret to inform you that we are going to go bi-weekly for uh, at least the foreseeable future. Uh, Main reason for this is while we did get a lot of content produced over the break, uh, just with everything in transition right now, we want to make sure that every episode we put out is the best that it can be. And in order to do that, for right now, for us, that means uh, we're going to go bi-weekly for a little bit. I hope you still enjoy, and I hope you stay tuned. Now back to our regularly scheduled program. Welcome back to the past. This is Dating Ourselves, the podcast that talks everything 80s, 90s, and early 2000s. I'm your host, Adam, and I'm joined by my co-hosts, Paul and Brian. Hello. Hey. You're awfully giggly tonight, Adam. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Uh, One of the uh, other co-hosts decided to pull a little prank on me there. (laughs) Well, that's good that you're in that kind of mood, because this week we're here to talk about six. Let's talk about six, baby. (laughs) Episode 26, that is. This week featuring everyone's second favorite childhood book series, Adam and the Animorphs. So if that was second, what was number one? Goosebumps, Babysitter's Club, Boxcar Children. That's really a personal choice, but Animorphs is always number two. I think that's actually more impressive that Animorphs is everyone's number two instead of number one. That seems like a a bigger accomplishment than being number one. Yep. Harry Potter, Wayside School, all ahead of Animorphs. The Wayside Stories. (laughs) But Animorphs was always second. That's quite impressive. Very consistent. (laughs) Uh, Survey says. Anyway, if you uh, missed last episode, you should really check it out. Gang and I talked about WWF slash WWE superstar Kane. You can find that episode and all of our past content at www.datingourselvespodcast.com, on iTunes, Google Music, and wherever you find your podcasts. I don't ever remember Kane in the World Wildlife Foundation. <laughs> he he's the one that uh, hit the the panda with the chair. Ah, okay, yeah. I remember this. I say, I think he was the one telling us all that we could prevent forest fires, right? Oh, yep. that's right. Oh, okay. That's right. <laughs> well, I mean, we really appreciate our listener support, and we'd like to share some kind words that was left by one of those listeners on iTunes about our show. If you'd like to leave us a five-star written review on iTunes, we would definitely love to read it on the air as a way to say thank you. So here's this week's five-star review. It's from Zelbic. It says, Paul, Brian, and Adam do an amazing job bringing listeners back to their childhood with Dating Ourselves podcast. Their laid-back and casual discussion makes you feel like you're just hanging out with some old friends and laughing about the past. My family and I love listening to them on long road trips, and the topics are great conversation starters for kids 
who weren't around to enjoy the wonders of things like Yomega Yo-Yos. I love that very specific uh, call out right there. <laughs> uh, thanks to the guys for all that you do and totally looking forward to that Power Rangers episode. Why haven't Ooh. we done a Power Rangers episode yet? I don't know. We're going to have to make sure that comes up soon because I could probably talk for like five hours about the Power Rangers. So I don't like to pick on user reviews, but there's two things I feel the need we need to cover with this review. And thank you very much for the praise. But as a father of two, if your kids learned about Yomega Yo-Yos from us, then you've really (laughs) failed as a parent. (laughs) Ouch. Dang. Shots fired. (laughs) And also, no one in history has ever referred to Adam as laid back. <laughs> that's true. I actually really appreciate that, Zelda. I think that's the first time I've ever gotten that compliment. Yeah, he's he's but, wound like a dollar store watch. <laughs> a digital one. <laughs> that's copper coil wound, right? That's real tight. <laughs> Well, in all seriousness, thank you, Zelbic, for the five-star review. Uh, five-star reviews are always encouraged, and be sure to tell your friends about dating ourselves. All right, let's get started. Sorry. Whew. All right, let's get started. This week, I'm going to be leading the discussion on the Animorphs, which was submitted by Mike A. of Grand Rapids, Michigan. Thank you, Mike. Ooh. Yeah, thank you, Mike. We're excited to talk about the Animorphs. At least I am. I don't know about these guys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I I think my favorite part about the Animorphs was the book covers and specifically the middle morph images. So yes. it'd be like oh, a yes. it'd be like a middle school girl with like eagle wings and an eagle beak, but like still has like a normal body and hair and face. That was always kind my of- favorite. Kind of like that transition uh, scene in an American Werewolf in London, except like it's stuck halfway through in the claymation. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> the the animator fell asleep. <laughs> <laughs> they had to go get more film. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, good stuff. Good stuff. Well, remember, we will pick next week's topic at the end of the episode. It will be Nostalgia Combat! Nostalgia Combat! Me and the Back to the 90s YouTube music video versus Brian and Unreal Tournament. Ooh. We will also visit our old friend, the Hopper of Imagination, to get another topic for Adam. So, Adam, tell us about the animals. Will do, Paul. Will do. So, The Animorphs is a fantasy series, I would call it, um, written by K.A. Applegate, real name Catherine Applegate and her husband, Um, and it was a book series that followed a group of children. They never really said exactly how old the kids were, uh, but they said, you know, when the series of books first started... They were, like, mostly around middle school age, it uh, said, so it it kind of fit around, like, probably, like, 6th, 7th grade or so when it first started, and then uh, progressed chronologically from there. But the books were really interesting because they were told uh, in first person there was six characters, 
that were in the books. Do you guys remember uh, any of the main characters' names? Cassie. Yep. Tobias. Yep. Axe. Axe Ax was like the Ax, alien yep. guy, yeah. Yep. Right, right. He so, had a crazy name. It was like Isithil <laughs> something, something, and then they just called him Axe. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so they got uh, most of the names. There's Jake, Rachel, Tobias, Cassie, Marco, and then the person that they were talking about is Aximili as. Esgaruth is Isthil, uh, which they thank Bastion, God short Bastion Bathasar Bucks. What? <laughs> yes. yes, thank God. <laughs> <in> the... <laughs> <laughs> thank God, though, in the books they shortened that to Axe because that would have been a nightmare to try and say every time or read every time. But um, essentially, the story followed one of those six characters, and it would be told from their perspective. And it was a series about an alien, which was Axe, that came to Earth. And then there was a group of uh, these aliens that were coming to Earth to try and, like, destroy them, take them over, uh, what have you. And so, Yes, yes, the Yerks. And so uh, it was up to the Animorphs to stop them. And the reason for the titular Animorphs is because they got these powers where once they touched an animal, they would transform into said animal, hence the reason why they were called Animorphs, and uh, they could stay in that form for a little while and fight the 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 bad guys, the Yerks and stuff like that. But um, do you guys remember how long they were allowed to stay in Animorph form before they had issues? Three minutes. Wait, no, that's Ultraman. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you got got to shrink back down, Ultraman. I think it was like just a couple hours, wasn't it? Yeah, yep, two hours. So if uh, if what would happen if they stayed longer than two hours? They would stay in that animal farm. (laughs) Yeah, they yeah they would. I would say they have to go seek veterinary assistance. (laughs) 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 Any any more any more lasting longer than two hours? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, so, you know, there was different animals that they could, they would uh, morph into various animals, kind of depended on, like, what was around and stuff, but they could do, like, hawks, they could do lizards, they could do just, really, just about anything, um, which they did throughout the series. Anything Uh, they could touch. Yes, that's true. (laughs) That's true. That was, that was the very big caveat to that. Um, well, that and they could only be it for two hours or they, you know, were stuck as an animal. That's a pretty big, you know, caveat. <laughs> Seriously, yeah, that's that's pretty important. Especially considering as uh, animals, I'm pretty sure they probably weren't wearing watches. Well, that's what I was going to ask is does it change time relative to the animal? Because, you know, like every every dog year is like seven real, or, you, know, <laughs> you know, like seven dog I years don't... is one person year. Like, does does that make a difference? <laughs> I don't think so. I think it was a pretty standard, like, so they, two hours of human time. So they have 14 dog hours to be in animal <laughs> yes. form. Okay, I, I'm following. Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so um, the the interesting thing about the books is that they, you know, besides having, like, a cool concept of the kids transforming into these animals and stuff like that, they actually did hit on some pretty big topics, um, like th- 
through the stories that they would talk about, they would talk about things like war, uh, dehumanization, sanity, morality, innocence, uh, things like that. So they, they had some like pretty deep themes for them being a, you know, young adult series, but they were able to talk about them in a way that was accessible to kids through, through these books, which I always thought was pretty interesting. Yeah. Agreed. Do you guys have any particular memories about the uh, series or like any particular books that you guys really liked? Uh, like any of the particular releases or anything like that? The word Yerks really bothers me. Yes. And what bothers me more than that is the fact that they, you know, took over your brain through your ear canal. Yes. Like eight year old me, that was absolutely terrifying. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was like, wasn't it like a slug would like go into your yes. ear and take over your brain? Yeah, that's kind of horrifying. Like Star Trek 2 t- style, totally. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Or, or Future Man. <laughs> or Future Man. <laughs> For those of you who haven't seen Future Man, it's a good watch. Although it is highly mature uh, audience only, so don't show yes, it to your Zelbic, kids. Yes, do not show it to your children. <laughs> yes, yeah, seriously. I don't think I'm familiar with this, and maybe I don't want to be. <laughs> it's a Hulu original. Yeah, we'll we'll talk about it off air. <laughs> okay. So, um, yeah, so that that was definitely creepy to have like the brain eating slugs take over your body like that. Um, anything else that you guys particularly remember about it? You you skipped over one of their abilities, which was that they could telepathically communicate with people yes. around them while they were animals. Yes. And I didn't think about this at the time that I was reading the series, but as I got older, like, how freaking creepy would it be if you're, like, the night guard and all of a sudden the raven is talking in your head and telling (laughs) you that, you know, you should go out for a smoke so I can get past you? (laughs) (laughs) That would be a little weird. I, I would start to wonder if I was going crazy. They probably were going crazy a bit. I mean... Probably. That's fair. Like there's probably years of therapy that would happen after that, you know what I mean? Like I I don't doubt that. That <laughs> that, that seems like there's that a would be squirrel that just kept talking to me like <laughs> Is he nuts Reginald. or my nuts? Like I don't know. <laughs> and then everybody around you is like the squirrel isn't saying anything and you're like, "No, he's telling me to kill myself. He's saying it clearly." <laughs> Oh, that got real dark real quick. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, gosh. So anyway, uh, so I mentioned before that K.A. Applegate and her husband, uh, or Catherine Applegate and her husband, wrote together under the name K.A. Applegate. Uh, What I was surprised to find out when I started reading up on this series is that after a while, um, kind of like in the, I guess, like the middle of the series or so, the books actually started to be ghostwritten by other writers. They would still all be released under her name, but they would be ghostwritten uh, by somebody that would write the book for her. And then she would then go and edit the book and uh, like kind of, she would uh, kind of like supervise the writing of the book and stuff. But she actually stopped writing a lot of the books do like in about the middle of the series, which I thought was really interesting I think that's a common practice among like scholastic kids books. I can um, see it, especially how many such books high they have volume. Heard. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's very high volume, and you have to, you know, 
very quick turnarounds. They're, they're basically being released like basically once a month, you know? Yeah. So how do you write a 200 page book with an original story in 30 days while you're doing book signings and school visits and, you know, normal people stuff like groceries and taking a poop and all that stuff, you know, <laughs> there's, there's a lot of things going on, you know, you definitely uh, got to seek out talent where you can and, uh, and try and, you know, spread, spread those responsibilities around, I guess. Yeah, so, I've often so, wondered if R.L. Stein isn't ghostwritten as well. I would imagine he would probably have had to at some point. Although I'm sure R.L. Stein had actual ghosts as writers, so <laughs> that's true. That is true. <laughs> uh, yeah, so um, you know, the there was quite a few. I'm not going to say the number of books for a very specific reason, but there was quite a few books written in the series uh, overall, but. Um, the books, like I said, were eventually ghost-written just to probably help her out. But she did still take on, you know, a lot of the duty of, uh, you know, making sure that the books were on target and on, you know, on, on the storyline and stuff like that. So she still played a big role. But, yeah, it would... little like, uh, little off storyline. You just said duty. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> There's got to be at least 60 books. I I am not going to say anything about it's, that. It's probably our nostalgic combat question, Paul. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, you already know you already <laughs> know my guess. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so anyway, uh she published the books from June 1996 through May 2001, which I never realized that they lasted as long as they did, that they lasted of five full years. I remember them having a pretty high volume the first couple of years we were reading them. And, and 96 would have been around uh, the year that we all met, which was fourth grade. So I probably stopped remembering them after a while because I don't think we really saw them all that much Like once we got to middle school. So I'd say like most of my memories, I don't know about you guys, but most of my memories of them were probably during the first two years of them being published. Yeah, because I definitely remember, like, the really early ones where there's, like, the little boy that turns into a lizard on the cover. I think that was the yeah. very first one. Yeah, that was the very one. first book. Yep. Yep. And he, uh, the in-between phase shot looks like the lizard from V, the miniseries. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes, it really does. It's kind of creepy. That was, I remember that being, like, insanely cool, though, when I first saw it, because this was... You know, 1996 was when the first book was released. It's not like CGI and all that stuff had come a long way at that point. So the fact right. that they could, you know, morph this kid's face, like, on the cover is pretty crazy. Although, like, I don't know if you guys are looking at it right now, but, you know, there's, like, the halfway shot where it's about him, you know, but partially his face, partially the lizard face or whatever. But really... The second picture is kind of terrifying. Like, it's his face, and it's the first where it starts to show kind of lizard features, but God, is it creepy. Ugh. I don't like it. I think probably the creepiest one in my mind is the one where there's like this kid in a yellow uh, turtleneck who turns into a spider. Like a, oh, like yeah. a tarantula. And he's kind of squatted over in that position anyway, and then he just kind of keeps turning. It's like, I hope he turns into a gorilla, because he's kind of in like that squatted <laughs> gorilla position. Like, nope, nope. Big, nasty spider. 
There's also the one where, like, one of them turns into a fly that's pretty creepy. Uh, the, I feel like the one of the kid turning into a dog is kind of underrated creepy, too. <laughs> it's DL <Ugh>. creepy. <laughs> oh, seriously, that's horrifying. That's gonna haunt me tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Yeesh. That's terrifying. The one of the girl transforming into a bear is quite interesting, too. <laughs> Another oh, thing goodness. from the book series that I always... So we've, we've talked about this before whenever we cover children's content, that there's always those, like, reoccurring facade... Not facades, I'm trying to come up with the word. Reoccur- not a theme. Tropes? Not a, Yes. So there's always these reoccurring tropes that come through with children's TV shows. Like, it's got aliens, and so they have to go to Earth. They can't be another planet. They have to go to Earth. You yes. Know, Thundercats, uh, you name it, that's a common theme. Yeah. Power um, Rangers. Haha, <laughs> there's our Power Rangers reference. Oh, oh exactly. there we go. That, that's for you, Zelbic. <laughs> <laughs> but the one in this that... So they have the ability to heal... If I remember right, it's when they transform, if they're injured and then they transform either to an animal or from an animal to a human, they can heal like superficial injuries like cuts, scrapes, Mm -hmm. uh, stuff like that. But from what I remember in the book series, it was only when convenient. (laughs) <laughs> like it's it's kind of like oh i forgot i have this power that's the only thing that's going to get us out of here and there's never a reference to it until it happens and then it goes away until it's needed again it's like so when it's... superman throws that saran wrap s off his chest <laughs> yes <laughs> like what the hell is this <laughs> <laughs> so it's basically like a deus s ex machina like even though it's like part of the like the canon of it it only really comes into play when it's actually needed. But I know something you don't know. What's that? I am not left-handed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that that always was kind of a weird thing, because it was like, oh, man, I'm injured. What am I going to do? Well, you could just heal yourself. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Boy, that's handy. <laughs> There's there's another elephant in the room that we need to cover, and this is a problem I have with anything that transforms. So I'll use the Hulk as an example. So the Hulk, you know, uh, Bruce Banner can transform from a small, relatively small human into a giant, massive Hulk, right? Right. And the only thing that remains intact every time is the purple, purple shorts. Purple pants, yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Whoever makes those shorts, I want to buy stock. <laughs> but, They're probably like so, maternity pants. <laughs> the one thing that I... <laughs> you like stretch, you know? <laughs> I'm struggling to remember from the series, but there was something with they could only wear certain clothes when they transformed. Yeah. And it came up a couple of times, but I can't remember like the specifics. I just remember it being something kind of I, weird. I think it had to be like tight clothing or something like that in order for it to be to like transform with them. Um, otherwise they would lose their clothing. Yeah, yeah it said uh, only tight clothing being able to uh, be carried over. Uh, so they would have to have that, otherwise their clothes would not transform with them, uh, except for in the 
the Animorphs TV series, which we're not going to really talk about in this because we're talking about the book series. But in the they they obviously had to change that for obvious reasons on the TV series. Because tight clothes were not in in the late 90s. <laughs> well, that and it probably... Jinko jeans were not exactly tight. <laughs> that would have probably uh, been a lawsuit waiting to happen had they had a bunch of teenagers, you know, all of a sudden showing up in their underwear or something on the... That that opens up the the lawsuits there. That's probably I mean, Those true. jeans were tight around the waist, but you could fly an aircraft into the base. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm trying to remember. Uh, there's a guy we went to high school with that had Jinko jeans that had like a 48 inch cuff. That's, yes. that, that's crazy. Like yes. that's that's insane. Like that's bigger than most. More than my pants. waistband. Yeah. Now. Yeah. It's like <laughs> wow. And that's and my chairs require grade eight bolts to hold together. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, those were always quite the uh, quite the pants. And he always had the um, the p- clothespins, like the safety pins, all yep. up and down them. Yep. Now, uh, you mentioned that there was a TV show, and if I remember correctly, there was like a. A Game Boy game too for yes. the Animorphs, yep. and from yep. what I remember, it was like dog doo doo terrible. Like it was, yes, it was would... it was awful. Like I would have rather had slugs go into my brain, like <laughs> <laughs> via ear canal. You know, like I, it just it was. Ugh. Yeah, it was kind of like um, it was kind of like Pokemon to an extent. Like you know you. would You'd have those battles, like the 1v1 battles, where you'd have to pick like your attack and your defense and all that kind of stuff. But um, yeah, it was pretty bad from what I remember. I think I only played it like once, maybe. Um, I never bought it uh, with good reason, but I think I like rented it or borrowed it from a friend or something like that. It was pretty bad. Um, speaking of other bad spinoffs from the Animorph series... They did have a failed toy uh, line as well, which, uh, like, I was looking at some pictures when I was doing some research, and they were truly terrible. Uh, they were, they were, they, they were, they were marketed to be like the Transformers, you know, where you'd like, you know, the kid would go all of a sudden into like, you know, a tiger or whatever. Uh, but they were pretty bad, so they actually ended up scrapping those. And then reuse some of the designs for the Beastmasters or Beast Wars toy line or whatever, which was basically the exact same thing, like a person that transformed into like a bear, you know, or a yeah. Um, so was it like a Transformer style toy, or was it like the Power Rangers head flip, or was it stuff you clipped onto it? It, from what I remember, I think it was more along the lines of Transformers, is what they were shooting for. Um, so it wasn't like the Power Rangers ones where you'd like push the little like medallion on their chest and then the head would flip. I think it was actually more of like you would actually like I, f- I forget. It's been a really long time since I've seen them, but I do vaguely remember them being like Transformers where you'd like move body parts in order for it to like turn into the particular animal that they were morphing into. So like the arm becomes yeah. the tail. Yeah, something like that. And I think yeah. you're thinking of uh, of Beast Wars is what they then turned into, right? Yes, yeah. Because that was Wars, kind of yeah. the, the, the late 90s Transformer line that was all 
jungle and CGI. animal theme. Whereas, yeah, whereas like Beast, the white tiger and yeah. the bear. And, yeah. Whereas Beastmaster was Mark Singer and he had ferret friends and oh, yeah. all, all yeah. of that stuff, like the swords and sandals type movie from the 80s. <laughs> 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 With his very loyal ferrets. I, I love those damn ferrets. <laughs> <laughs> Oh God! I remember watching that with you guys. That was uh, that was quite the the movie. What were those ferret <laughs> names, Paul? I'm trying to remember now. Oh, I can't remember. <laughs> we'll continue this discussion. I'm gonna look it up while you guys keep chatting. <laughs> all right, all right. It's gonna bug the crap out of me. <laughs> so, Adam, do you have a favorite book? Um, you know, I don't really. I like. I remember reading the book series quite a bit as a kid. I. I couldn't tell you, like, a favorite book because I don't remember, like, specific stories and stuff. Um, but, but you know, I'd probably have to say, like, the first one just because it was such a unique story. But, yeah, I don't remember, like, a specific book well enough to say, oh, yeah, that one was my particular favorite or whatever. What, what about you? I really liked The Arrival, which was one of the later ones, and yes, I kept reading this much longer than I should have. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I, it kind of had the uh, like a film noir type uh, feeling to it. I mean, oh. it was the Yerks had like invaded a newspaper and were like using that to kind of control uh, public opinion and stuff like that, and they were trying to shut it down. And I just, I, I really appreciate anything that has that old comic book style type feel to it. Yeah, yeah. And I don't remember a lot of it specifically. I just remember really liking that one. And then that would be before I met my wife, but not much before. But, oh, okay. Um, she would have given me all sorts of horrible crap for reading it and then <laughs> read it as soon as I put it down. <laughs> this sounds oddly familiar <laughs> i have at least 30 of the books on the shelf behind me they are in mint condition haven't nice. been touched since 1998 nice wow that's incredible no creases <laughs> <laughs> that is that is truly impressive so what about you brian did you have a particular favorite book that you remember so i i think that i might be an exception to the rule and that animorphs was not my number two favorite series. Um, oh. I only read like a handful of them. So the one that I remember the best was the first one, which I think is called The Invasion, I think. Yeah, that's I'm not correct. mistaken. Yep. So, yep. so that's the one I remember best. Um, but I was always more into like the Goosebumps books and then the yeah. scary stories for sleepovers or all those different types of books. The Wayside uh, Stories. Yeah, those were all right, but yeah, I really liked like the horror type stuff. Even Benicula was uh, was higher on my oh. list than like the Animorphs were for some reason. Oh, okay. But but I did read a, a couple of them, um, so I kind of remember some of the general uh, tropes and premises of the of the series. Um, but my brother was more into it, which I think is how we ended up getting the video game, which he was oh, like okay. thrilled when we got it, and like about an hour later was like. <laughs> Do you want to play? It's like, you never let me play the Game Boy. What's going on here? <laughs> I sense this is a trap. Why is there a cartridge in the toaster? <laughs> <laughs> so. Oh, gosh. Well, uh, were you able to find that, Brian, at all? Yes, it's uh, Kodo and Poto, I think is how you say Kodo the names. Kodo and Poto, yeah, that sounds yep. right. They are the thieving ferrets that were uh, 
that were Mark Singer's best buddies. So. The Beastmaster. <laughs> the Beastmaster. Well, uh, I don't know about you guys. I think that kind of covers all of the important stuff that I wanted to cover about Animorphs. Is there any last thoughts that you guys have on this before we move on? I would like to do a point counterpoint on whether this is science fiction or fantasy. <laughs> uh, for the genre. Well, okay. So, I mean, I'm sure you could probably make an argument for both. Uh, according to the interwebs, which you know, never lies, it is considered a fantasy book. It's considered science fantasy. But it has aliens, time travel... I agree. I feel like it interspecies be- morphation mutation. <laughs> I feel like it would be better suited as science fiction than science fantasy. They I mean, transform via science, not magic. It's <laughs> alien science, but science nonetheless. Yeah. Yes, I agree. I agree. But so if you ask I the guy would... with the really crazy hair on the History Channel, everything is tied back to aliens. So <laughs> that's true. <laughs> Aliens. <laughs> aliens. I'm not saying it's aliens, but it's aliens. It's aliens. <laughs> oh goodness. Yeah, I would I would agree, Paul. I would probably have to say science fiction would be a better moniker for this than science fantasy, but I guess Is we science only... fantasy truly a topic. I don't a, fe- a genre. I don't feel like it is, because I feel like that would be two opposite things. Like science fiction is usually like science-based stuff or at least like you know technology or whatever and fantasy usually is like magic and like medieval stuff i feel like those are two very mutually exclusive things so two thoughts um one i think that something like star wars i would consider to be a science fantasy um because it has like those fantastic elements like you would find in lord of the rings or something like that but it takes place in a you know, a galaxy far, far away. So I would consider that to be a science fantasy. Animorphs, I don't, I think they miscategorized. I think it's much more science fiction. Um, secondly, I agree with you on Star Wars. I mean, you know, it's based on an old religion that, you know, gives people power. Uh, yeah. I could, I, I can see your point. I could get behind that. And then yeah. secondly, if Bad Company wrote a song about the Animorphs, it'd be all part of their science fantasy. So. oh goodness well folks on that really terrible joke i think that wraps up our discussion on the animorphs (laughs) i think it's now time to move on to some nostalgia combat nostalgia combat We are moving on to Nostalgia Combat since I've devised a trivia question for my co-host to answer. Whoever is closest will get to lead their chat next week. Uh, as a reminder, Brian has Unreal Tournament and Paul has the Back to the 90s YouTube music video. Are you guys ready for your question? Ready. Yes. How many cups of sugar does it take to get to the moon? No, I'm just <laughs> kidding. That's not actually I know a question. spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down. I know that. That's true. That's true. All right. So there were uh, in in the book series between June of 1996 and May of 2001, uh, they released a uh, like the actual books, the 
the like the chronological books in the series or the the canon books they also had several companion books and two um kind of uh what would you call those kind of like the uh, they call it a game book. Um, I would call it like the choose your own adventure style books or gotcha. whatever. Oh, okay. Gotcha. So, so between the the canon books, the companion books, and the game books, how many total Animorphs books have been released? And I'm not talking reissues. I'm talking like the original books. I'm going to say 62, because I already said 60, and I like two. <laughs> so I'm going to go with 62. Okay. Brian? Oh, uh, well, I'm thinking if they were released monthly over the course of five years, plus two, plus, let's say, ten, I'm going to go with 72. Because I like two as well. <laughs> okay. 72, 62, 42. <laughs> so there's just two books released. <laughs> That's why it's everyone's <laughs> second favorite. <laughs> yes. Volume exactly. one and volume two. <laughs> so, so amazingly, Brian, your math was almost impeccable. And yet somehow. Well, I don't know. Ooh, hold on. Is there a tiebreaker in need? No, 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 no. Paul, Paul did end up winning. He was off by four. It was sixty-six total books. Ah, uh, between the yeah, so it was sixty-six total books. Although your math was incredible, <laughs> you actually guessed the exact number of companion books right. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that was impressive. But yeah, Paul still ended up getting it right. There are sixty-six total books, including. 54 uh, <laughs> books in the actual canon series. There was the 10 companion books and then the two, like, choose your own adventure oh, stuff. I was thinking there would have been 60 total books because there'd been 12 for each year over five years. So that's what I was you, thinking. You weren't off by that much. It was 54. So it was because it was June, June to May. So if you would have oh, scaled that, scaled yeah. that back. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Well, there you have it, folks. Uh, looks like Paul will be guiding us through the land of Back to the 90s YouTube music video uh, for our Ooh. next installment of Dating Ourselves. Uh, I still have Unreal Tournament tucked away in my pocket, and now we got to go visit the Hopper of Imagination to get Adam a new topic. Yeah. All right. We want to remind all of our listeners that if there's a topic you'd like us to discuss... You can submit those at our website, which is www.datingourselvespodcast.com. Can I have some traveling music while I shuffle between tabs because I have misplaced <laughs> my entries? <laughs> All right, Adam, your categories this week include sports toys or tv show hmm Hmm. you know i think we've only done one in this category so far so i'm gonna choose sports all right you've chosen the fab five versus the russian five. Ooh, very cool i have no idea what that is but it says russia so i'm gonna guess hockey 
<laughs> I I am gonna have to do a little bit of uh, gonna have to do a little research on this because I I'm very well aware of who the Fab Five is. The Russian Five I'm a little shaky on. So uh, it, whoever submitted that topic, I'm pretty sure that was a submitted topic. Um, I apologize if I screw this up royally. <laughs> well. I think we also had oh. two sports topics, by the way, because we had the coach and then we had the oh, dream team. that's right. Yeah. Uh, I just remembered who the Russian five are, so we're good. We're golden. The Russian five were the Detroit Red Wings. Bada boom. Bada boom. So it is hockey. It is hockey, yes. <laughs> yes. It I is. win. Yes. All right. Even if, no, you know, even if it only counts to me, it's the small victories that are important. <laughs> That's right, <laughs> folks. Well, uh, next time, Paul is going to be chatting with us about a, a current music video about the 90s, the Back to the 90s uh, YouTube video. Uh, but make sure to check out our future episodes as well, where Adam will likely be talking about the Fab Five and the Fantastic Five and the, <laughs> uh, the Five for Fighting and uh, Party at Ooh. Five and all the other fives. Um, <laughs> and I will uh, be talking about Unreal Tournament. So... I forgot all about Party of Five. <laughs> is that on Netflix? I think I have I, no idea. Probably. I don't think it is. I've never it's seen it. It's back to school time. I can do this. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks again, guys, for joining us on Dating Ourselves. <laughs> and if you like what you heard, there's more to come. You can check us out at www.datingourselvespodcast to learn more about us and the show. And you can check out our Contact Us tab if you'd like to submit your own nostalgic topics. You can also send your submissions at datingourselvespodcast at AOL.com. We've got mail. Yeah. In addition to iTunes, you can also find us on TuneIn Radio, Google Music, Plex, and wherever podcasts are downloaded. We post additional content on Facebook at facebook.com slash datingourselvespodcast. If you're on Instagram, you can find us there at Dating Ourselves Podcast, and we do the Twitter thing too at Dated Podcast. And remember, if you're too old for Snapchat and too young for Life Alert, you've just been dated. Bye, guys. Later, guys. See ya.